Hello and welcome to Deb and Friends Quest for Connection. I am your anchor host, Deb Bowen, and I am so happy to be back with you. It's been a long time, like maybe more than a month since we've recorded, and I need to tell you why and then tell you what I need to talk about in this episode, which is entitled In the Eye. So uh, sometime in August, as we suspended recording, there were a variety of reasons, uh, one of which was, and I'm getting ready to tell you I'm old here, folks, uh, I had cataract surgery, and that just seemed to consume a lot of my time coupled with some other things that were going on in my family. Um, in addition to that, several of us had job transitions going on in our lives, some moving uh, transitions. There were a lot of things happening to almost all eight of us in the process of uh, getting ourselves somehow through the month of August. And then, uh, so we stopped. We just said, okay, we're going to basically take a break and regroup and figure out what we're going to do. And then the hurricane was upon us, Hurricane Florence. Now, I know that for most folks, who don't live in southeastern North Carolina. The storm is no longer news. It's no longer being reported on the nightly news, and uh, folks aren't thinking about it very much. And we understand that. Uh, we, we get that. But those of us who have been living and breathing and eating or not eating this storm for a long time now are still in the midst of recovery and will be for months and months and months to come. So I want to talk today with you about uh, some of my experiences and some of my friends' experiences with the hurricane and what that means in terms of connectedness, which is, of course, the whole theme of this podcast and our Facebook page. And, and I think that some kind of natural disaster like this does a lot to either really bring people together or really alienate people. And I want to talk about what that's like and, and what that means uh, for folks uh, in, in whatever kind of disaster area you, you might live. I think there are very few areas of the world where there's not the potential for some kind of catastrophe. And certainly where we live in what is called the mouth of Hurricane Alley, um, it's a fairly common uh, situation that we are at least threatened every autumn by storms coming towards us. And I've learned a lot. Uh, and I'm an old beach girl. I've lost everything I've owned twice. I've been through several major hurricanes. I, I have some superstitions about hurricanes. Uh, one is that uh, I hope every year that we will get past the H's in the names uh, because I am still very wounded by Hurricane Hazel, which hit in 1954, and I was a very small child. I also have to get past psychologically uh, and can take a deep breath after October 15th, which is the date that Hurricane Hazel hit here when I was a very small child. This year, neither of those things happened. We got hit by Florence, and we got hit by Florence on September 12th, which is right around the peak of hurricane season. Um, hurricane season by the National uh, Weather Hurricane Center is considered uh, between 
the 1st of June and the end of November, although hurricanes can't read calendars, and we have had hurricanes before that uh, time and after that time. But in any case, um, I'm kind of a weather geek. Uh, Joel and I actually are beyond words weather geeks, to be honest with you. Every time he and I speak, we talk about the weather, and it's not just to pass the time. It's really a part of who we are. But um, one of the things that I think that we want you to know as you listen to me sort of ramble here is that hurricanes lend themselves and breed uh, a lot of emotional trauma and a lot of soul searching at least at least for me in in any kind of disaster where you have a lot of time to prepare and we knew for a very long time that this storm coming off the Cape Verde Islands in Africa was likely to hit somewhere along the east coast as it became more and more apparent that where I live was in the bullseye of that uh, path of that storm folks did a lot of preparing as much as you can do in a situation like that hurricanes by the way are really big business in terms of preparation and also in terms of cleanup uh, they are extremely expensive uh, folks who live on very limited incomes suffer the most um, folks who are disenfranchised and live in impoverished areas uh, and in vulnerable areas in the path of the storm are the most affected. We've, we're seeing that as the rivers continue to rise. As I am coming to you with this podcast, um, it's, the storm is really truly not yet over. We had more than, I, I don't even remember, and, and at some point NOAA, National Oceanographic and Aeronautics Administration, will release its statistics on this storm but they can't do that yet because it's not over. The rivers are continuing to rise. While some rivers uh, are subsiding, other rivers are just starting to crest, uh, not only in North Carolina, but now in South Carolina, as this podcast is, is being broadcast. So we're, we're not finished yet. It's, it's still happening. It's not over, despite what the media may not be telling you. So we don't know yet what, what the total outcome will be but we know that we had several trillion that's trillion with a T gallons of water dumped on us by this storm it was a slow moving storm um, and it basically just sat on top of us for days it was predicted to come in the original prediction was that it was going to come in as a category 4 storm which means astronomical wind speeds um, that didn't happen. Fortunately, she slowed down some in terms of wind speed. But one of the things that um, is really important to understand is that wind speed isn't all there is. And I know lots of people who made their decision whether to stay or whether to go based on that wind speed prediction. And that was not uh, bad as it is, and believe me, the wind, the winds and the havoc that they wrecked is tremendous. Was really that was not the major issue for the storm. It was water, uh, which there's no prediction for that. There's no way to predict how much water, other than to know that that the storm is going to sit. 
I really do believe that um, if you choose to live on a barrier island, and I do, uh, which I know on one hand is really dumb, uh, but on the other hand, there are sunrises and sunsets and seashells to be considered. Um, But if you're going to choose to live on a barrier island, I think, and I've said this jokingly, and yet a part of me is really very serious, I think you ought to be have to take a test in order to live here. I don't think you ought to be able to live in Hurricane Alley unless you know what you're getting yourself into. Just the language of the uh, of, of hurricanes and meteorology connected to hurricanes is something that folks need to understand. I, I got a phone call before the storm from a friend who was horribly distraught, trying to make a decision as to what to do. Um, about evacuation and she said but I'm terrified of the storm surge what what if it comes over my house I said "Uh, the storm surge isn't going to come over your house because she didn't understand the language so a part of that is the responsibility I think of of the media and meteorologists to educate part of it is our our job to learn and to listen uh, and to understand uh, just the, the language. What does that the, the idea of a storm surge mean? I, I remember another storm um, that I went through some years ago. I believe it was Hurricane Bertha. And I had someone staying at my house who was from uh, the center part of the country. And so she was used to tornadoes. And just as the tropical force winds started to blow and to, and to pick up, which for a hurricane was not yet a big deal. We were just getting started. She turned to me and she said, how many minutes will the hurricane last? And I said, whoa, we got an education problem here uh, because it's not minutes, it's hours, days sometimes. In the case of Florence, it was days that the storm just sat on top of us. So, so uh, and I don't expect everybody to, to be the weather geek that, that I am or, and Lord knows I learn something new with every single storm, but, but I do think it's important um, that, that you have classes or, or something in a, in a town uh, to, to learn about what, uh, what this may mean. And every storm is different. There's, we, I heard so much uh, pre-storm and, and during the storm of comparison of of this hurricane to others. And some of the comparisons hold up, some of them don't. They change sometimes hour by hour. Uh, So at one point I heard the storm being compared to Katrina, probably in terms of water, that was pretty accurate. I heard it compared to Fran in terms of wind and uh, and, uh, destruction, perhaps. I think this storm had a lot more tornadoes spawned out of it than uh, some of the other hurricanes I have been through, I, I don't know. Uh, we don't know yet. But I do know that one of the things that helped so much in my decision uh, for what I chose to do and the people around me and what they chose to do was that we had each other. We, we supported each other. We took care of each other. Uh, some of us helped each other emotionally um, with small things. Others went out and did a whole lot of um, physical labor, you know, putting up siding and boarding and, and that sort of thing. 
Um, somebody kept the generators running. I, I chose to stay. I did not stay on the island. The island was evacuated, uh, but I, I stayed nearby. I, I didn't want to go very far. And that becomes another dilemma. If you evacuate, uh, and I'm sure if you've heard anything probably about, about this storm, you've heard of the thousands and thousands of folks who were displaced to other areas of the state or other states and couldn't get home because of the flooded or washed out highways. That's true. They're still flooded and washed out highways. They're going to continue to be for weeks yet to come. Um, folks lost uh, untold amounts of, of food uh, in refrigerators where uh, the power was out for a very long time. And, and that's not a, a, an easy thing to replace. I remember, uh, and I had cleaned out my refrigerator and freezer before the storm uh, was coming because I, I knew what was going to happen and I didn't want to come home to nasty food in my refrigerator. But when I started to restock just the staples in my refrigerator, I was standing in front of the mayonnaise section in the grocery store and the mayonnaise I normally buy was already sold out. And there were three or four of us standing there just all looking at the mayonnaise section and saying, well, I guess we all have come to the grocery store today for the same thing. And we laughed and said, well, you know, I'll buy this one. It'll substitute until my, they restock. And, uh, you know, so, um, so there, there are things to be considered that are um, not what most folks hear in the media about uh, a storm situation such as this. Our schools are not in session. Our universities are not in session uh, and won't be until sometime next week probably. Uh, if the, at the earliest, and in some of the more rural counties, um, maybe not, maybe not even yet. So uh, that that of course is a, a situation to, to be considered for the children and education for parents who are desperately trying to go back to work, and their children they depend on school for um, basically daycare and for breakfast and lunch for their children, and that's not there. The, the entire infrastructure in many ways has been shifted uh, as a result of, of this storm. And yet, there are wonderful stories of people who are doing great things to try to normalize as much as possible this recovery process. I, I have a friend whose sister is a teacher, and of course she's out of school, and so she has created a, a makeshift daycare center in an inner city community center in order to um, help the kids be focused and give them uh, learning opportunities and take care of them while their parents are trying to get back to, to their jobs. So you see uh, things like this. You certainly see relief agencies uh, coming in and, and doing what they do in the immediate aftermath of a storm, and then they're gone. They're gone. Uh, and then there are folks who come in and help with long-term recovery efforts. Uh, folks like the Mennonites, for example, who move into an area, create their own housing, and stay for a couple of years to help folks rebuild. W wonderful organizations. Um, but, ooh, well, I didn't know I was going to cry. And, and those organizations are great, and they're wonderful. But what really begins to matter is how neighbors take care of neighbors. 
We have a commitment on this island where I live to shop locally. When one of our restaurants gets back up and running and has a generator, we eat there. We do what it takes to take care of each other. We, we hear of neighborhoods that have been flooded out and we send things to those neighborhoods. We anonymously put um, $20 bills in people's purses because we, we know that they, they desperately need cash and have none. So there's a sense of, of taking care of each other that becomes so vital in these kinds of situations. And I am extremely blessed. I am taken care of. I, I, my house had no damage. And so as devastating as the storm is and continues to be, there's also this reminder that not only are we connected to each other, we are connected to Mother Nature herself. Barrier islands are meant to move. That's what they do. That's their job. They protect the mainland. And they do that by shifting uh, northward and southward where, where I live. Uh, not so much east and west, but north and south. And the island itself is held together by a maritime forest. And that maritime forest sits in the center of these narrow little islands. My island is probably, I don't think there's a place on the island that's two miles wide anywhere. Um, and in the center of, of this island is this maritime forest composed of live oaks and water oaks and cedars and a zillion different kinds of wild vines. Um, and, and the network of roots that connect those trees and those vines literally hold the, the infrastructure, the physical infrastructure of the island together. And we are also bordered on the east by sand dunes, which are covered in sea oaks and uh, girdala flowers and dollarweed and um, sneezeweed and, and ragweed and I don't goldenrod, a, a lot of uh, uh, wax myrtles a lot of different plants that hold the dunes in place. And so before the storm, um, I walked out to the dunes. I watched the sunrise the day before the storm was to hit with a friend and the chief of police, actually. The three of us watched the sunrise together. And we gave thanks uh, and prayers to the ocean and to those dunes and for holding and doing what they were meant to do. I took a picture of that brave little, little flower, the Giridala flower, uh, because it's one of the most incredible uh, plants on the beach. It, it really has a root system that you can't believe. And I said thank you to it. And before I evacuated, that the morning before I left my home, I bordered my property in a ring of salt. I have a fuchsite, a piece of fuchsite that's about well, the size of the palm of my hand that um, lives on my screened-in porch. And I debated, do I take it in? Do I, what do I do? And I said, no, you know, this stone's job 
is to um, protect this house. So I cleaned it, and I asked it to remember its job and to protect this house. And I put it back on the porch railing where it belonged, where it has always been. And I walked through the yard, and I touched and I spoke to every tree in my yard because I live nestled in the middle of the maritime forest. And I asked the trees to do their job. And when I came home after the storm, when I was allowed back on the island, near there were washovers. Parts of the dunes had gone, had washed uh, across the roads. But at my street, the head of my street, the dunes held. The little Ghirardala flower is still there. The sea oaks are still there. Um, the, there's a sheer drop-off on the beach side of the dune, but the dune held. And I knew that when I turned the corner and came onto my street, I knew what I was going to see. I knew that I was going to see a decimated maritime forest that looked like January. No, no leaves. And what few that were uh, still on the trees would have been brown because they had been burned by the salt and the spray. And they were. They, they were. They don't look so good, but they're here. Those trees are all here. They withstood the storm, and they protected my house. And I have been back through my yard and touched every single tree and said thank you to every one of them and felt tremendous gratitude for that connection to nature and, and being honored and grateful that my part of that little universe did its job. That isn't the case, of course, in so many places. Many, many, many trees are down. Many folks have lost everything. Folks have died. There's a situation nearby where a tree fell through a home and a woman and a baby were killed and the husband, I think, is still in the hospital with severe injuries. So, and their mothers, there are many other stories like, like that. So, um, so there's terrible devastation, terrible pain uh, because of, of this storm. And I know that this isn't the only one. I, I, I would imagine that many of you who are listening to this are saying, but what about Irma? What about Maria? What about Harvey? What about Katrina? Uh, what about Matthew, who was just two years ago, and people still in, in the same area are waiting for resolutions from FEMA and insurance companies and, and uh, still not back to, quote, normal? Yes, I'm an, I know that. I, I believe me, I know and I uh, understand and respect that folks are still suffering. What about the, the storm in um, uh, Hawaii, the uh, volcano eruptions? I mean, those kinds of natural disasters go on. I mean, any kind of natural disaster goes on and on and on around the world all the time. I, I know that. And, and I do not in any way mean to denigrate or lessen the severity or the impact that people are still feeling from those. I, I don't. Um, but this one is fresh on my mind. It is 
literally here in my front yard. Uh, it is in my basement where there was a storm surge from uh, the sound and salt water in my basement. Um, but it's okay. I mean, you know, that's, that's minor compared to so many folks I know who, who suffered such tremendous loss. And I come to you with this podcast for so many reasons. Um, one, to, to tell you that there is such joy and hope and resiliency in, with folks who have been through disasters. There's also um, kind of craziness and um, hurricane fatigue, we call it, um, I mean, there are a lot of names for, for what we experience emotionally and mentally. I, it took me three trips to the grocery store to get orange juice, which was on my grocery list all three times, but, you know, I couldn't see it. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy stuff that, that we do. We can't remember all sorts of things. Um, um, and, you know, you get calls from folks saying, why didn't you call me? Well, I, I didn't call you because I was scrubbing mold off the walls downstairs, you know? And yet I had people call me and say, we're on our way to help. What do you need us to bring with us? Uh, they, didn't, they didn't say, do you need me? They just came. They just did what, what they did. And I was very grateful and still very grateful for all of that. And that's another way in which people connect. They, um, they help me think. They do uh, for me. And, and another reason that I, I come to you with this um, podcast today about this storm is because there's hurricanes, um, hurricanes are gigantic spinning wheels of energy. And, and I don't want to go into the meteorological aspect of, of how hurricanes are created and, and how they are structured, except to say, that in the center of the storm, where there's winds at many, many, many hundreds of miles an hour and, and chaos and, and huge amounts of water and rain and tornadoes spinning off and lightning and thunder, in the center is perfect calm. They call that the eye of the storm. And the winds all spinning around that eye in a counterclockwise direction, sheer madness and sheer chaos and panic and terrifying. But in the center, there is extreme calm. The deadliest part of the storm, where the winds rage the hardest, is right around what they call the wall of that eye. So as you move in closer to the center, the storm becomes more dangerous. And in the center, there's absolute calmness. Um, I was not exactly in the, in the eye of the storm. I was just a little to the north of it, so I'd never really experienced that total calmness in this storm. But in other storms, I have been literally in the, in the eye and have uh, broken those rules that they tell you not to do and gone outside and stood in my yard and looked up and a perfectly beautiful clear sky with stars, knowing that in a few minutes the storm was going to continue to move over me and I would be on the other side of that 
I and the wall on the south side of the storm would come with a different fury than what I had experienced before the I. But when we stand in the eye of the storm in our life, and I think each of us has at some point found a moment of calmness in chaos, confusion, anger, pain in our lives. And I'm not talking here about hurricanes. I'm talking about in whatever way we may have experienced those feelings. When we can stand in the eye, as Brandy Carlisle says in her lovely song, we can dance. You can dance in a hurricane, but only if you're standing in the eye. And I believe that to be true, that in the center point, in finding center, in finding balance, we can dance. We can be whole. We can be connected to everyone else who is also standing in that eye with us. We can be connected to Mother Earth herself because she too has been through that storm and continues to go through that storm, just as we do. And there will be more. There will be more storms. And there will be more eyes. There will be more center points. There will be more times when we can just Breathe and be for just a moment. And so for those of you who are listening to this podcast, who are my neighbors um, who in, in this area, or my neighbors in whatever kind of uh, natural disaster or trauma you have been through or are currently going through, know that I empathize with your situation and your pain, and your fears, and your anger, and whatever emotions you're going through. I can't feel them with you, but I can certainly empathize with with what you're feeling. And I think that if we can all do that, if we can all just say, wow, everybody's going through their own storms. Everybody, I wish for you to find center in the midst of your storm. And if there's something that you can do to help facilitate that, please do it. Please do it. It's important that we take care of each other in times like these. Um, I just I think that's an important piece of the puzzle that we do those things. Uh, let me take a break here for just a minute and tell you uh, a little bit about uh, what I am doing in my recovery attempt uh, for this storm. I had um, scheduled several classes for September, and that went to hell in a handbasket. Uh, and I kept the people who had already signed up for them. Uh, finally, I, I wrote them uh, emails and said, I'm really not crazy. I just can't think and I don't know what day it is so let's regroup here and bless them every single one of them said it's okay Deb we're with you you just tell us when 
So let me tell you when, uh, because I have now that I've moved the courses to October, I have some room for some more folks if you'd like to join me. So uh, this coming Monday, October 1st, I am teaching a course on how to connect with your spirit guides and your animal guides. It's a one-session course this coming Monday night, October 4th. Beginning on Tuesday, October 2nd, I am teaching a three-part course, meets three consecutive Tuesdays, on how to build altars, how to create rituals, and how to work with candle magic. And then on Monday, October 15th, I am teaching a one-session course on how to make Halloween sacred. Um, And not so just commercial, but also to remember the true meaning of Halloween. So if you're interested in any one of those three courses, how to connect with your guides and angels, how to build altars, make rituals, work with candle magic, or make Halloween sacred, the information on registration for those courses is on my website. It's debbowen.com. And would love to have you join me for any or all of those that might resonate for you. I also invite you to follow us on Facebook. Um, that was I, I basically neglected the Facebook page during all of this trauma, um, but I'm I'm back working on it now, um, and would love for you to um, please consider uh, following us on Facebook. If you make a comment on our iTunes page, we really appreciate that. That helps folks to find us. Um, and we're very grateful for that as well. So just a couple more things here before uh, I close out. Uh, we are regrouping. We're trying to figure out uh, how we're uh, going to uh, reconfigure uh, the podcast with this team. Uh, some folks, like I said, are actually on their way home today from other states. They evacuated to Uh, other states. Uh, One of our team members has lost her home. Uh, It's underwater. Um, I I can't, I don't even know. I can't even tell you what what we're all doing. Um, Some folks have had deaths in their family in the midst of all of this. It's just been a crazy, crazy time. And I don't know what that's all about, but it certainly has been disconcerting for all of us over the past couple of months uh, as we have have experienced all the things that we experienced. And and then the hurricane just sort of became uh, the icing on the cake, as as we say, and it's not a really nice cake. But in any case, we are okay. We pray that you are okay as you are listening to this. And we, we certainly encourage each of you to be connected, to uh, continue to seek out news and information about situations um, like like this hurricane, even after it's left the mainstream media. Um, I did get a couple of nice emails from folks who, um, who, who sent me an email and wanted me to do something or wanted something from me, and then sent an email that said, oh, I just realized you're probably still thinking about a hurricane. Never mind. And I thought, thank you, you know, because I'm not thinking yet. I'm really, I'm not tracking. Um, and, of course, a lot of folks don't know uh, where we live. Uh, one thing, I, a couple of other quick announcements. Uh, if you are in southeastern North Carolina or are coming to visit us at any time, 
on Friday, no, Saturday, on Saturday, October 13th, um, most of us will be at uh, the Fall Fair at Blue Lagoon Wellness Center in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, I'll be reading uh, tarot cards. Uh, Roger will be handling our uh, ritual and drumming circle. Uh, Kimberly will be offering, Kimberly's coordinating this event, and she'll be offering uh, some of her services and products, uh, as will Sherry. So we'll all be there. Most of us will be there for that. On That's on Saturday, October 13th at Blue Lagoon Wellness. And on the Saturday before Halloween, some of us will also be at Mystic Elements, uh, which is a lovely metaphysical store in Wilmington, uh, for their Halloween festival. I'll be reading cards there again. And if you are a listener to not only this podcast, but my Psychic Teachers podcast, then you have heard me talk about Granny Jean the Palm Reader, who is 92 years old. And she will be at both of those events. And so if you don't want to come see us, come see Jean, because she's a piece of work and she's the Palm Reader extraordinaire. And she will be at both Blue Lagoon on Saturday the 13th and on at Mystic Elements on the Saturday before Halloween, whatever that date is. I'm sorry, I can't tell you at the moment. So we are, we are trying to move back to normal. I mean, we, we really are trying to get there. Um, it's taking a while, but, but we're going there. So we appreciate your kindness, your patience, your emails wanting to know what in the world we're doing, where have we been. Uh, I hope that this has answered that for you. And, and ultimately what I would say to you is please go do something kind for somebody today and remember to connect to all your brothers and sisters, four-legged, two-legged, winged, swimming, crawling, and standing people, and Mother Earth herself. Thank you so much for being a part of Deb and Friends Quest for Connection family. We appreciate it, and we look forward to being back with you next week. Take care, everyone.